Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And we are rolling here on this Thursday, late morning, Pacific time, early afternoon on the East Coast. It is Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris, and it is preview day because the NBA is back. The All-Star break is officially over. We have a big, chunky, juicy, delicious card of a dozen games, I think, tonight. Is it 12? Am I getting that right? I think it's a 12-gamer. So we're just launching headlong into the good stuff. I think we follow that up with a Niner. Think of Tommy Boy. Did I catch a Niner in there? You calling from a walkie-talkie? Yeah, we got a 12 and a 9 back-to-back today and tomorrow. So we are really diving in the deep end. Fantasy basketball. Reality basketball, too. But nobody cares about that. This is a fantasy show. You putzes. I'm Dan Bespris over on Twitter, the same name, at Dan Bespris, so you can find me there. We're going to be getting back into the mix on social media. It's not like a hiatus, so to speak. I had a couple of tweets that I sent out over the last four or five days, but not many. It was uh, relaxing, but at the same time, I missed the games, and I want to talk about them. So let's talk about today. What do we got going on in the show today? Two things. They're both in the title, so you shouldn't be surprised by either one that I rip off here in a moment we're gonna be previewing the short week 18 card that starts tonight uh we've got four days brain fart and then i want to take a look and we're not gonna go super deep dive on this yet but playoff calendars because they are starting to creep up on us a little bit you've got uh leagues that you know we've suggested starting your playoffs basically six weeks before the end of the regular season, so you eliminate the final three weeks. Yahoo, obviously, a lot of leagues, that the sort of default setting goes to the end of the regular season. We'll talk about those as well. And then there's kind of the in-between. Quoth the great original kitten mittens. Do your fantasy leagues start early, late, or in-between? So we'll go through those and just take kind of a look in uh, little three-week cross-sections. And if there's anything you can do about it, we'll probably get into that a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe maybe not today. We'll see. All right, so here's what's going on today. Let me uh, flip this thing over so you guys can see the big window here. Um, this is a, for those that are watching the video, this is a look at our streaming grid available to Fantasy Bass subscribers. I zoomed in really tight so you could only see basically like an 11-day window Uh, you will not be able to get the full functionality of this thing by watching today's podcast, but you will be able to get the full functionality of our weekly preview, which, and this is interesting, despite the fact that it's only a four-game week, as I just scroll through at, you know, medium pace here, you can see how many teams actually have a big scheduling advantage this week. I know most of the big sites treat this week as the second half of last week. So by all accounts, you know, if you use two moves last week, you should be left over with two this week. Say you're in a Yahoo league, you sort of split them up side by side. But I know I'm in a CBS league, 30 deep, for instance, actually splits these weeks up. So what do you do about this week? Well, first and foremost, you know, I could come on here and I could just rant and rave about how you got to pick up guys on the three game weeks. 
Yeah, that's probably advisable, but at the same time, you also need to be aware of overflow. Today is a prototypical overflow day with a dozen games. Friday with nine, not really. Saturday, there's only three games. Sunday, it go back, goes back to a potential overflow day with 11. So you might be making moves today or Sunday that don't actually add games to your ledger. Make sure, and I can't tell you, like I can't see your league. I don't know what the makeup of your particular roster is to be able to say, oh, like, okay, so, uh, you know, lots of teams play three games. Charlotte, for instance, they go today, tomorrow, Sunday. If you're picking up a fringy, like real fringy player on one of these three game in four night teams, is that actually better than picking up, say, someone who goes tomorrow, Saturday? Saturday is, you know, obviously the the critical one because that's a quality day. There is one team, and I've hovered over them on the screen so that people can see. I don't believe there's a second one. Yeah, quick check confirms that. There is one team that goes Friday, Saturday, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They don't have that many fringy guys, but, you know, slow-mo is probably kicking around on waiver wires. Wires, Nas Reed is probably on some. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is on some. Even Jaden McDaniels is likely on a bunch. So, the point I'm trying to make there is, and I don't want to gloss over this week, I don't want to sort of cut this week down into just this one discussion, but if you're looking at, what, what, was he, what were we talking about before? The Hornets. Pelicans are another example of a team that goes today, tomorrow, Sunday. If you're already in overflow mode, so check your team's lineup tonight and Sunday. I mean, you could look at the ones in between, but most likely you're not going to be in overflow mode tomorrow or definitely not on Saturday. Today and Sunday are possibilities. So before you use any roster moves for this week, do me, Dan, a favor and just look at what your starting lineup looks like today and Sunday. I will go to one of my own leaks just as an example to see how this might actually play out in real time. I'm not going to show you guys what I'm doing. I'm just You're just going to have to kind of take my word for it. Today, for instance, uh, I have a league where it's uh, 14 roster slots, only one IL, which is a huge pain in the you-know-what. Uh, and I have 11 guys going out of those 14. So it's already overflow mode. So then the guys that are not going for my team today, in this particular league, those guys that are not going today are DeAndre Ayton, Jalen Johnson, and Santi Aldama. All right, well, let's look at their schedules. Jalen Johnson goes tomorrow, Sunday. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Portland goes tomorrow, Sunday. And Memphis, just tomorrow. But what I've noticed now by looking at this this roster, and this is actually a five weekly moves one, so I you know I, I used three last week because I had to get off of some guys that were horrible or injured, um, because I'm thanks to injuries I'm very fringy in this stupid fantasy league. I was in first place and then half my team got hurt. Such is the way of things. Sometimes you get bit by that bug in head to head and or any format really, and and it's just sort of not going to be your year. Uh, so I'm making moves. I'm trying to make sure I get into the playoffs. I don't know if the team really is going to have the legs to get through it because uh, it's down. I think this team is down its second round pick, possibly and third round pick. No, second and fourth, something like that. I don't know. It's going to be in a tight spot, but anything's possible. You just got to get in and see what happens. So 
I'm mixing, I'm matching, I'm moving, I'm grooving. I've used three of my five moves for these two weeks. But the nice thing is, I look at this roster and I'm like, damn. Santi Aldama only has one game over the next four days. He's someone that I had on yesterday's show as a possible silly season stash for when Jaron Jackson Jr. gets shut down, or possibly before that if he can stop uh, shooting you know, the same percentage that I do at the free throw line. Again, anything's possible. But I don't actually have to unload him. Even though he only has one game the rest of this week, I don't have to use a move on Aldama today. Because I have 10 guys that I feel perfectly comfortable starting in this format. My 11th guy is uh, likely... uh, Oh, he's actually not playing. I thought he might be back, and it turns out he's not. Uh, So let's... For example's sake, let's just assume that my 11th guy is also uh, available... Available, so if one of my main 10 guys gets ruled out late, I could have subbed in my 11th. If my 11th guy, as is the reality here, is not playing, then maybe that's an opportunity to use up a roster move. But right now, I I don't feel like I need to. I have 10 healthy guys. None of them is on any injury report as of, you know, late morning here Pacific time. So I don't need to use a move today. And I likely don't need to use a move tomorrow because the guys that I... Where con- was considering dumping, they play tomorrow. Including Santi Aldama. Then you get to Saturday and Sunday, the short cards. I don't even care about Saturday right now because I know I'm only going to have a handful of guys, but what does my team look like on Sunday? Sunday, in that particular league, there are 9 out of 10 or 9 out of 14, I guess I should say, guys that are actually healthy enough to play. Now, again, I don't know what your leagues are going to be. This is just, again, this is one example, extraordinarily small sample size, but my team is in overflow mode today, would not be in overflow mode on Sunday if I made no roster moves the rest of this week. But now I have something to work with. I have the injured player who I can unload for someone who wouldn't be putting up zeros. I have Santi Aldama that I could move starting on Saturday after he plays his game tomorrow. Are there any teams that play Saturday, Sunday? I believe the answer is no. And a quick... No, there is one. Orlando. Sorry. There's one team that goes Saturday, Sunday. It's the Orlando Magic. So that would be an opportunity maybe after Aldama's game on Friday move along to some fringy player on the Magic. Cole Anthony hasn't been very good, but he's on a lot of waiver wires, as is Markel Fultz, as is Jalen Suggs, these guys that are not really everydayers, but certainly if you're just trying to squeeze out two games of a back-to-back and sort of build your roster out the right way. So these are the things I want you guys thinking about. I don't really want you... Now, you know, there's, there's a couple things that could take shape here. Let's say you look at your roster and you are not in overflow mode today. Ignore my mouse, by the way, folks that are watching live. I, I don't know why it's appearing. I don't have it hovering over the the uh, document that you're looking at. It's just now it's there. I'll try to move it off to the side for the moment. Um, if you are not in overflow mode today, then obviously you try to grab some guys that have three games in four days the rest of the week. Maybe that puts you into overflow mode on Sunday. Maybe it puts you into possibly overflow mode tomorrow. If you go from, you know, it's a nine-gamer, so anything's possible. You could have, you know, if you have a cluster of players that are all on one of the teams playing tomorrow, maybe that's the day you have the overflow. But you don't really have anything to lose in that regard because the three-gamers, Orlando Magic being a sort of your interesting one, maybe you lean Orlando's way because they go 
with that back-to-back uh, Saturday, Sunday, in addition to having the game tonight in Cleveland. Not the greatest place to play. Cleveland, very good defensively. But, you know, if tomorrow is your overload day by some small miracle, you'd go Orlando because then you'd get the game today. You'd avoid tomorrow. And then the weekend back-to-back back to back would be kind of gravy. Even if you had an overflow mixed in there, you could at least have kind of a backup guy. There isn't, like, there isn't a reason to pick a team that doesn't have the good schedule just because you'd give yourself a later overflow day? Like, think about this mathematically. The Knicks have games today and Saturday. Orlando has games today, Saturday, Sunday. There's, unless you strongly prefer the streamer on New York, that's sort of the one reason. If the streamer on New York is vastly superior to the one on Orlando, like, you know, let's say that someone dropped Josh Hart or Precious Achua for some ungodly reason, these guys that are streaming monsters right now. Yeah, you probably take New York because those guys you could actually potentially slot in over guys that are already in your overload lineup. But if, you know, if we're talking about like Alec Burks versus uh, Jalen Suggs or something like that, these guys that are likely to be outside the top 100 on a per-game basis in the near term... Again, I don't know that these guys are available, and you can yell at me who is and who's not. I can't see your league. There isn't really a reason to take the Knicks over the Magic, even if you're at Sunday overflows. Like, well, the game on Sunday doesn't ra- really matter for me for Orlando yet. Anything can happen between Thursday and Sunday. You could lose two guys to injuries between now and then, and then suddenly you're going to need that extra ball game. The difference in what I'm talking about with this sort of like overflow today versus Sunday is that today... You now know who's going to play. You can make your moves at, I don't care, 345 Pacific time this afternoon, knowing who's in and who's out of your lineup. For tonight, you make your move at 345 this afternoon today, you you don't know yet who's going to be in and who's going to be out on Sunday. So it's always good to plan to have more games in the future, even if it might give you an overflow day. Today, you have this opportunity to maybe save that move. If you've got 10 guys healthy, 10 out of 13 or whatever it might be in your Yahoo League, ready to go today, and you get to 345 or you, hell, if, like, if you're not even lineup lock, maybe you can make your move later on in the evening for the night games. What is the, what's the latest game happening today? I don't have that in front of me right now. Uh, Warriors and Kings, both 7 o'clock Pacific time games. So you got some late games out there, uh, and I think you got a couple of teams that actually have okay schedules among them. If you have a player that gets ruled out in one of those late scenarios, Lakers have three games out of those teams I just mentioned. Uh, the Warriors also have three games. Kings only two. Who was the last team I mentioned? The Spurs, I think they were a, a three. Yeah, Spurs are also a three. So that's the nice thing about having some roster moves today and why holding on is as long as humanly possible remains advisable. But gaining games down the line is always something you should be trying to do. What I can't do on today's podcast is tell you specifically to pick up because I don't know who's available in your league. And yeah, I mean, we could do the thing where it's like, oh, this guy is 48% rostered, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be available in your league. 
And in a more competitive league, some of those guys might be less rostered. You just really never know. But let's do the short version now as we kind of scroll our way through. And let me just give you some names of teams to be looking at from now until the end of the week. The best schedule from now until the end of the week is the Orlando Magic because they dodged tomorrow's nine-gamer. Yes, they're on both of the really heavy days, but they also have a game on Saturday, which is the low-tide day. Minnesota with a two-gamer is kind of interesting because they go Friday-Saturday, which are technically the two, not technically, in reality, the two lowest number of games remaining this week meaning you dodge the potential overflow days. But at the same time, if you're if either of those days isn't an overflow for you, then getting Minnesota over a three-gamer is sort of a silly move. Then you've got a whole truckload of teams that go today, tomorrow, Sunday. They play on the high-traffic days. I mean, chicken and egg kind of thing. Yes, obviously, these are high-volume days because a lot of teams are playing on those high-volume days. Duh. Charlotte, count them out with me. Charlotte, I'll scroll through it for everybody that's watching with us. Charlotte, Cleveland, Denver, Golden State, Houston. That's five already. Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder, Sixers. That's 10. Suns, Spurs, Wizards. 13 of the 30 teams in the league go today, tomorrow, Sunday. That's a ton. And then if you add Orlando in there, you've got 14 out of the 30 teams that actually have three games the rest of the way. So I would argue, in addition to checking your roster, making sure you're not going to overload too hard and waste roster moves in the process, the more important thing to do is to make sure that you're not squatting on someone who has a terrible schedule this week when you could get a whole lot more. So... Take Memphis, for instance. One game the rest of the week. Miami is another team that has one game the rest of the week. I feel like I'm forgetting one club. No, we get to watch me scroll in real time to make sure I didn't forget somebody. Those are the two teams that have one game the rest of the week, and it's tomorrow. Yes, in my league that I just did as an example, I already have 10 startable guys, so I don't need to dump Santi Aldama or whatever Grizzly or Heat stream size player you might have on your roster right now. But that doesn't mean that I can't. The reason that I would hold on to, say, like a Duncan Robinson in Miami or even an Aldama, Memphis, or Luke Kennard, if he ends up playing tomorrow, would end up being kind of an interesting one, is that those guys actually have an opportunity to be a lot better than, like, Spencer Dinwiddie on the Lakers or Larry Nance Jr. on the Pelicans or whatever fringe level guy you might be picking up for the Clippers. Maybe it's, you know, Mason Plumley or Norman Powell or something like that. Uh, you could get a, a vastly superior game from a Luke Kennard if he plays and plays 30 minutes than one of those fringe guys who may not even get used today. So these are the calculations you have to make, but again, you can wait until the very last second to make them. If you do not have overflow today or Sunday, you probably want to make that move sooner than later because the opportunity to pick up the favorite streamers on these three-game teams is going to dry up. People are going to grab the best opportunity, the best guys out there today 
as opposed to waiting, which is what you'll probably end up doing. But as I just mentioned, if you're overloaded today and you're not overloaded tomorrow, you probably would rather get one game out of, say, Duncan Robinson tomorrow as opposed to one game out of whatever overload back-to-back streamer you were thinking about picking up. You want to get the better individual game performance, and you save the roster move. It's a double win. So you might pick up, using the Lakers as an example, you might pick up Jackson Hayes, who's got a back-to-back, and he'll probably, you know, he'll play a total of, like, 28 minutes in those two ball games. And sure, that's fine if you're not in overload mode, but if you are, then you only be getting 14 minutes out of Jackson Hayes tomorrow, as opposed to, again, probably like 30 out of Duncan Robinson or Luke Kennard or whoever. That is the better option that might already be on your team. I'm not saying you go pick those guys up. I'm just saying... If you already had them, that's an opportunity to hang on until Saturday when you definitely need to get out of the Memphis-Miami business. Because if you're fighting for a playoff spot, now if you're not, I mean, if you're not fighting for a playoff spot, then none of the streaming discussion even really applies to you. But I'm assuming that most of you are. And so then you want to start using your moves up at the end of the week. If you still have two moves left and you have two guys that don't play Saturday or Sunday, you want to probably switch both to Orlando if you can. That turns zero games into four. If you only have one guy that doesn't play Saturday or Sunday, you just try to fill in the day that they're not playing. Now, if they play Sunday and it's an overload day, you can sacrifice a game that day to get one on Saturday. If they play Saturday and not Sunday, obviously you just wait and you make the move on Sunday. Does that all make sense? Sure. Relatively straightforward. Also, just briefly here, if we're looking at guys that go Sunday, Monday, they do exist. They do exist. What commercial am I quoting there? The uh, Indiana Pacers go Sunday, Monday on a weekend to next week back-to-back, and the Sacramento Kings do likewise. So those are good pickups on Sunday that carry you into the beginning of next week. The Kings go Monday, Wednesday, Friday to start next week. The Pacers go Monday, Wednesday, Friday to start next week as well. Uh, so you could potentially abandon ship on Tuesday or Thursday or Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, or just hold them throughout the week because Indy's got four. Sacramento, uh, they don't play on Saturday or Sunday of next week. So longest you'd want to hold a King would be until their game on Friday. All right. That is your look at this week. Let's take a few minutes to look at the uh, playoff structure, depending on how your playoffs break down. You have different ways to look at it. This, by the way, that folks are going to be seeing here with the, we're going to go visual aid again, is the uh, Sports Ethos playoff calendar. I am once again going to use this mostly as a marketing tool for now, uh, because I'd love it if you guys went and got a fantasy pass that helps sort of power the locomotive here. I have to move my face on the screen, so I'm not covering it up. Uh, And then we're also going to zoom in a little bit so that we can play a game that I'm uh, not going to name. Uh, But the game is basically, let's look at groups of three. So here's what you're looking at. Uh, if your playoffs start on March 4th, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that anybody. I know some of you will probably start sooner, but like on this podcast, I said if you have control over it, you start your playoffs six weeks before the end of the regular season. You cut off the last three weeks. Uh, but I don't know how many people have listened to me on that one. This is a spot where Charlotte, 
Dallas and the Lakers are the teams that have only nine games over that three-week stretch. Everybody else either has 10, 11, or 12, and the only team that has 12 is the Portland Trailblazers. So if your playoffs start March 4th, Portland is your golden goose. Almost everybody else has 11 or 10, and between the two of those, I wouldn't worry too much about it. The Knicks also have nine uh, in addition to the uh, Lakers, what did I just say? The Lakers, the Hornets, and the Mavs. It's just that the Lakers, Hornets, and Mavs have a two-gamer mixed in there. So that becomes much harder, actually, to get through that particular week. Whereas Minnesota has a two-gamer, but they've got four on either side of that. And the Pelicans, or not the Pelicans, excuse me, the Knicks have a 3-3-3 three, three, three over that stretch, which is annoying, but at least there isn't a twofer mixed in. The only reason I bring this up is that if you're thinking about, like, if you have a superstar on one of those teams that has nine games over that stretch, it's probably too late to do anything about it. And honestly, I don't know that I would. You've built your team around that particular player. Like, if you have Anthony Davis and your playoffs start week 20 or week 21, frankly, because that's when his two-game week is, you're just going to have to hope you can survive. It's too late at this point. But if you have a fringe type of guy, like, again, like, if you're looking at the Knicks and you think someone maybe is Josh Hart not going to be quite as good by at some point during those nine, then, yeah, flipping for someone who has 12 over three weeks, it's not that hard to see the 12-er beating the niner. I can't believe I, didn't, I said niner twice in the same week. What if you decided to get a little bit crafty and start your playoffs on March 11th? You only lopped off the final two weeks of the regular season. Uh, again, you've got a couple of teams with two-game weeks. Charlotte, Dallas, and the Lakers, they still have the two-gamers. Minnesota still has their two-gamer. But the difference now is that Minnesota doesn't have four on either side. They go 2-4-3. Lakers go 2-3-4. Dallas goes 4-2-4, as does Charlotte. So those two teams now are slightly less awful. They've got 10. A lot of other teams also have 10 that don't have the two-gamer in. A lot of teams have 11. And, believe it or not, there is not a single team in the NBA that has 12 games between weeks 21 and 23, so you don't really have a great attack point. Orlando slides into the 3-3-3 zone. I'm not going to spend that much time. So does Milwaukee and Memphis. So you have a lot of teams that have nine games that you want to maybe try to move away from. If your playoffs start on week 22, which is, again, kind of a weird time to do it because uh, I... Figure most of you are either going to the end or start on March 4th. Uh, Dallas goes back to having a really bad one, 2-4-3. So they got nine games and only a two-gamer in there. Charlotte now has 10 games despite the two-game week. Uh, the Lakers' two-game week is now gone. Minnesota's two-game week is no longer involved. Uh, you do have a couple of 12s mixed in. The Philadelphia 76ers have 12. The Cleveland Cavaliers have 12. The Sacramento Kings have 12. So you have three choices there. And now let's spend maybe more than 30 seconds on what probably and unfortunately the vast majority of you likely go to the end of the regular season. I wish it, w I wish it wasn't the case, but again, if you're playing in public prize leagues at most websites, the big ones at least, they take you to the end. It's annoying. Uh, it's dumb. It's going to put you right in the teeth of silly season, but it's the way it is. The good news is that there isn't a single team in the NBA that has only 10 games over that stretch. Every single team in the NBA has either 11 or 12, so there really isn't anything you need to worry about 
from a do-I-need-to-abandon-ship-on-a-particular-player standpoint. What you will be worried about if your league goes to the end of the regular season, so your playoffs then start March 25th and then continue April 1 and April 8th, is silly season. You're going to be right in the teeth of it. And my best advice for you is to, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the end of week 22, save as many moves as humanly possible, preferably all four, and use them to front load week 23. Unless you have a first round buy, in which case do that exact same strategy for week 24. Because... You know, most of the NBA has four games. Eh, I guess it's pretty close to an even split. I think it's like 65, 60 to 65% of the, the league has four games. It's going to be really hard to get a big games advantage just from standard streaming. You have to front load that week, March 25th. And I mean, we can scroll through. I can try to see what it looks like here uh, on, a, on a super fast standpoint. What, whatever you can do... Uh, to make sure, and that Monday is maybe, maybe not an overload day, probably. I think there's like 12 games that day. So if you're overloaded on Monday, March 25th, make sure that you have somebody playing on the 26th. Tuesday is not an overload day. Wednesday is super busy. Friday is super busy. It's a really, really difficult week to mega stream. basically, is what you're looking at. Because Monday, let, um, let me get the actual numbers here. Monday has 11. Wednesday has 13. Friday has 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 12. Yeah, Friday has 12. And even Sunday has 10. So oh, a lot of teams, many teams go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday in that first playoff week, which makes it extraordinarily hard to really lay into the stream. But what you can do is if you can get an early start on it, you can try to grab those teams that play in between. Wednesday and Friday in particular are extraordinarily heavy. Maybe you're not overloaded on Monday. It's possible that you might be able to see that thing through. But take a really long look early at who plays Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. And those teams might only have a three-game week, but it's a few of them. A few teams have that three-game week. Uh, I think we're looking at, who, who do we have here? Like the Pels, the Bucks. Um, so these are things you can look at as early as humanly possible. Make sure you're maximizing your games while it, you know, other people in your league are like, oh, I'm going to get all these four-game guys. But maybe they don't end up getting to use like six or seven of the games those guys are playing. Don't worry, once we get into the last six weeks of the season, so we're pretty close to it. We're going to be doing a little bit of kind of like a daily streaming board on the podcast, so I'll remind you guys of all of this stuff as we get closer to it. But that's your sort of uh, long view attack at trying to get ahead of things at, at playoff schedule. In my mind, it's too late to make any large-scale adjustments. You're probably not going to be able to make a trade at this point in the year to, like, move some bodies out. But again, as we mentioned already, uh, these teams that only have nine games... 2021, 20, 22, those three weeks. Charlotte with the two gamer, Dallas with the two gamer, Lakers with the two gamer, Knicks go three, three, three. Those are spots where if you have somebody who's, I don't know, say like, you know, top 100 range that you've probably been playing most of the year, it might not be the craziest idea in the world. Now the Lakers start with a four gamer there, so it's a little bit different. But like Charlotte, Dallas, three, then four. If you can find a four, four. 
I don't think it'd be the worst idea in the world because you're not going to be holding them through that last week. So just be a little bit less attached to those guys is probably the advice as opposed to, oh my God, do I like panic drop somebody that has a two-game playoff week? No, because it might be the semis, it might be the finals. If your week, if your playoffs start March 4th, you know, Brooklyn has a five-gamer to start that. But there, there's nobody with a two that week. Again, we'll do more of this as we get closer, but this is sort of your, again, getting a bit out in front of it, look at streaming for the playoffs. That's our show for today, everybody. Tonight, tonight, lots of games, lots to analyze. Can't wait to get back into the mix. We'll have our nice little tweet storm late, late, late at night because I'm getting home late from a play-by-play gig this evening. Uh, We'll get back into the mix on what to watch for. We'll do some quick hits in the morning. We've got all sorts of good stuff going on over on social at Dan Vesperus. Please, by the way, take a moment to rate, like, and subscribe and visit our buddies over at manscaped.com using promo code ethos 20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order over there. And if you missed it yesterday, go back and watch towards the end, uh, like middle end of yesterday's show. We did a demo of the uh, daily projections tool we now have available to Fantasy Pass subs also at Sports Ethos. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, you can use that in conjunction with the streaming chart that I was showing you little pieces of on today's program as well. And now it's time for me to go save my voice a little bit. I am again at Dan Vespers over on social media. Let's have some fun. Let's get the week going. Welcome back, Fantasy Basketball, and welcome back to all of you. Toodaloo for now, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.